Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. Let's do it. Coming in hot. Oh, my God. Coming in hot, everybody. It's been a hot minute. Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. My name is Joel. And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast. It is a podcast. Welcome. I look like I'm, uh, I look like on, for those of you that can't see me, which is all of you, I look like I'm. For um, now. Like I'm a, like I'm like a, I'm trying to hide my, my identity in like a UFO. You do. You sound like now we need to get one of those vocoders on you. Yeah. So well, you, we, I, I did see the alien in my backyard, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've both seen the alien. I've seen the alien, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm balls deep in alien documentaries these days. Oh UFOs, no. UAPs, government cover up. None of that matters. Project Blue Book. <laughs> I'm glad you finished Tic- that sentence with book. Uh, <laughs> Tic Tac UFOs. That's not what? Why? Because it's it's very interesting to me, Steve. Are you becoming a, a UFO conspiracy nut person? Maybe. Okay. Because, because there, there's been congressional hearings where they've stated that they have extraterrestrial uh organic material not organic but you know they, they've they've it's out there it's real they've, it's out there man do you, do you wow. hear yourself i don't even want to try it's to like there, man dude i could come at you so hard right now but i won't bring it i'm let's do this I just threw something to my monitor at Joel. You, you've you've shared with me your thoughts about 9-11, man. Yeah. And I, I, it's taken us two and a half years to finally get to this point. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I kind of let that go because it doesn't matter either. Yeah. It's interesting to me. There's so many, you know, all of the all of the declassified stuff that's come out and all the conjecture about it is entertaining, let's say entertaining to me yeah okay i get it i can dig that um duncan trussell uh several weeks ago had a guest on his show and i will look up the name while i talk and fill anyway he talked about duncan trussell family hour um uh gosh what's the name of the individual ryan bledsoe his episode duncan trussell family hour Ryan Bledsoe interview um, posted July 28th. Fascinating stuff. Ryan Bledsoe and his dad, his dad actually had a, had a very visceral experience with an extraterrestrial being. Did it involve a probe? Yes. (laughs) It's so weird to see myself in shadow while talking about this. Yeah. Well, it also involved like, they're going to come for you, man. It like cured his disease. It was just listen to it. It's a little weird. Okay, and Duncan Duncan definitely calls him out on the weirdness. But I, you know. Yeah, because Duncan's a good person to call people out on weirdness. Well, if, if Duncan he Trussell is actually. Yeah, if he's calling your weirdness out, it's weird. 
Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if Duncan Trussell is saying whoa, <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, cool your jets, <laughs> right? That's when you know it's uh, maybe time to rethink some things. What's what's another one? There's a there's a show I've been listening to because that uh, could t- that could get into leather rose territory. Yeah, it, it, it honestly, <laughs> the Ryan Bledsoe dude kind of sounded like Johnny Pemberton, and I was like, this right. is all. A- this is this all is a ruse. Put on, yeah. I and no, I actually did my I did my, my uh, due diligence and looked it up. Gosh, there's another podcast that I've been listening. <laughs> that's all about alien stuff. It's really great. That's it. Um. At yeah. So point, we, like, why not? Why not do the go down the alien rabbit hole? Dude, it's not even a rabbit hole anymore, though. It's, it's like not? it's like it's like all out, dude. I'm surprised. Like it's all out in the open. Like it's all they're, out there, man. Dude, man, you're being very undude right now. I'm being very dude right now. <laughs> Am I Walter Sochek? And I'm always, I'm, I'm always bringing it back to Nam. Is that what's happening? Man, sorry. Earlier, I, I got, I was watching this video made by doctors and scientists about how, you know, like hundred doctors and scientists uh you know describing about how more just about how covid's a sham and this wave's a sham and you know it was like you know first it was polio like yeah polio was really fucking bad yeah and it was jonas salk and his vaccine you idiots right no that's all a conspiracy just to keep us down to keep us alive yeah oh you what were you listening what are you oh my god it was uh i'll see if i can find it in my history it was called The End of COVID. And it's a it's a movie of like, yeah, if I, I don't even really want to give it, you know. Credence? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was The End of COVID. And yeah, it's a website. And it, I mean, the mo- like the, I just watched the trailer for the for the online education to end every pandemic. If you pay them, you get to watch right. the the. The 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 experts talk about why COVID is just a ridiculous hoax. So I'm a I'm a little bit I'm a oh, little I bit see. I'm a little bit um, skeptical of people doing their own research. I see. That's fair. I I think there should be a muppet of the face I'm making right now. <laughs> there is isn't that uh, kind of looks like Beaker. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, that's fair, man. But like, also, it's also really interesting. All of okay, so the most interesting thing that is actually true—it's not just like conjecture or Joel's doing his own YouTube research and watching ancient aliens and then having a dream and putting it all together. What is interesting is that <laughs> there is now a government agency uh, that is. Uh, uh, specific it's a wing of of you know uh, the pentagon or something where they're space reopen- force no it's not space force it's <laughs> it's like <laughs> where pilots and commercial pilots military pilots any any citizen anyone military or not can uh can can blow the whistle on any strange aerial phenomenon they've seen so you know like pilots have been seeing strange things in the sky and it's you know under the umbrella of uh like 
national security, of course, but they, that's, that's, you know, that you can actually blow the whistle or tell your story or report and not face retribution. And I find that really interesting that the government is actually taking a more involved scientific approach rather than shutting it down like they have since 1950 when they closed Project Blue Book in the mid-50s or whatever. That's it. That's it? That's, that's, I mean, that's legitimate. It's not like I really do think there are interdimensional beings that have been visiting us through different technologies that we don't understand. And we may have been given some of those technologies and then we've uh, re reverse engineered them with some guidance. I do believe that weird shit. Hey but man, I think I've, seen, I've seen contact with Jodie Foster. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. That shit's real, man. And, you know, I mean, I grew up reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I am all about the idea that we ain't the smartest beings in the galaxy. Or in the, like, right. that, that we're being visited interdimensionally rather than just through space and time. Yes. Like, I'm sure. Why not? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not uh, opposed to that line of thinking, I suppose. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. That's it. Now we, yeah. can, now we can continue the conversation. Okay. What were we saying? How are you, man? What yeah, were we saying? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, it's, I don't know. Okay. I'm edgy. Yeah, you seem a little teed up. Yeah, I'm a little teed up. Good. Sure, why not? It's good content. <laughs> well, we'll see. We, uh, we haven't, uh, we haven't been able to make, uh, make a podcast for. Well, since we had Matt on. Which was a trip, man. That was that great. That was great. Yep, that was <clears> very cool. Great. So I was on a, uh. Uh, a teams meeting yesterday or the day before about some work stuff mm -hmm. and there was a, a new uh, person in the chat um, that's going to help me with a problem and he's based out of Utah but it's you know I mean we live with teams you can be in the same room or mm -hmm. no matter where you are you know mm -hmm. but the other guy who put the meeting together um, we were just talking and oh he asked about the podcast and I said uh he also has a podcast, and I, I said, uh, well, yeah, our last get was, guest was um, Matt Marnoski. And the third guy, the new guy, goes, oh, I know Matt. Oh, wow. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Matt knows everybody, man. Well, I guess. And what it turns out is that uh, this consultant has also done work for the organization that Matt works with. Oh, nice. So they, that's how they knew each other. But, like, we hadn't – that connection had not been made. So yeah. for him to just – say that out of the blue was like wait what it's a small world man yeah right it really, it really is so. it was really cool yeah mm -hmm. that is cool yeah it was great to have matt on and it was a it really was. cool conversation it's like one of those people i mean like all of our guests it's like to try to like fit in the to the totality of what someone does and thinks about and and works on in 45 minutes to an hour is such a brief sketch you know, it is, but it's a hell of a lot longer than some dumbass soundbite on a, on entertainment tonight or the evening news. Yeah, I am. I am grateful that we have this space to welcome mm -hmm. in cool people doing interesting things. Me I mean, too. that was that was kind of my that was my, you know, thought bubble years ago. It's like, I just want to have an opportunity to just chat with people doing cool stuff. Yeah. This. Well, why the hell are we still talking? Exactly. Oh boy. Exactly. 
uh-huh. did some cool stuff. You did some cool stuff. What'd you do? So <clears throat> a couple of things. I'm just now at a point where I think I've checked the website enough to start to kind of believe that it's real. But no. I I was recently the, a recipient of of loan forgive student loan forgiveness. And I just want to say any of you out there that are skeptical about that or like, man, that's, that's bogus or it's not going to work. Like do whatever you can to try to get some of that relieved or all of it relieved because it's worth the headache of filling out the forms. Um, It's pretty, it's pretty miraculous. And I never thought that would happen to me because I was burdened with so much student debt that the interest was insurmountable. And I am not ashamed nor afraid to say there was a time when I was facing starting to pay that back where I was deeply and, and scarily depressed about doing it so much so that I literally Googled what would happen if I completed suicide, would my wife have to take on the loans? Not that I had a plan, but I was just curious, you know, right. um, cause it was astronomical and, predatory and nobody explained exactly what I was signing up for. And it's not like taking out a mortgage or buying a car. It's very different. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that part's not explained. Not at all. Nope. Not at all. I know exactly what it would cost to pay off my house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there would be no penalty for doing so. Nope. Student loans are not like that. Not at all. It's no, it's extremely predatory predatory and dark mm-hmm. and dishonest and well and that you know the the tagline is in order to get ahead you have to get an education which right. isn't exactly true but that's kind of the i mean anybody that makes a good living doing a trade just laughs at that you know yeah. right right yeah like i'm you know plumbers and electricians make more than i do right not all of them but some mm-hmm. you know and God love them. I mean, shit, we need that done, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But like that's uh, my hat is off to them. The lie that is really forced is that if you really want to get ahead, yeah, you have to have, you have to have this degree, you have to have this education and we're going to um, make you sign anything. your life away. Yeah. Your life away. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's like, you know, now see Joel, the, the thing is, you just really need to be born in a higher tax bracket, <laughs> a higher income bracket yeah. with things like, you know, where you can uh, give away money tax free to your kids and things like that. Totally. Yeah. And since why, weren't, why wasn't that? Why weren't why wasn't that the case, Joel? I think I skipped that day of home ec where they explained that it was the same day yeah. that they taught taught us how to do our taxes and and uh, balance a checkbook. I skipped that day. So. You know, my- yeah. I mean, you know, I had, a, I had, I mean, I'm was one of the fortunate ones that had parents that saved money for me to go to college. And then I pissed it all away when I was using. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it, it's one of those things where I, I, I didn't know what I was, you know, here's the reality. I was paying my loans. I mean, that's the thing. It's not like the, that students burdened with any amount of student debt, especially astronomical debt into the six digits like mine are, I, it wasn't like I let it coast until they forgave it. I mean, I was paying right. it and I was, 
And I was working for nonprofits pretty much the whole time since. And so there, I am, I just, and I, I'm celebrating it now until there's some other regime change and they try to take it all back. But it's, it's pretty amazing when you, you know, you see those photos of like Marjorie Taylor green getting millions of dollars forgiven with the, the COVID loan shit. Right. Then, yeah, yeah. You know, they can't, you know, and it, our, it you nice know, to see the government do a thing that actually benefited actual human beings. Right. Yeah. I, I posted a while. It's been probably a year, maybe about the there's a site that shows who all got the covid money, like the businesses and how much was forgiven. Yeah. And it's infuriating. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of those same assholes are the ones saying student loans should never be forgiven. Like, mm. fuck you. You got $250,000 forgiven. Or way more. Way more, right. Millions. On one of your businesses. Right, right. And so, and that's so real, and it's just infuriating. Yeah. So that's a bit of a bit of news. And then, so yeah, that's cool. And I also, I, I'm going to say this publicly. I said it on my socials. Um, if anybody really does want some assistance with that, I feel like it's my civic duty to help people through that and give my experience, strength, and hope with that. I'm what? in line. Yeah. Let's, I mean, yeah. F- figure not now, out. Not on the pod, but you know. Yeah. I'm totally down to help and encourage right. and, and wave a pom-pom or whatever, or, you know. Can because I get you to I, put on a cheerleader outfit when you do that? Dude, for you, Steve. Oh, baby. I would put on I would put on an Ord Chanticleers cheerleading outfit. Woo! Chanticleers. Yeah. 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 The, fight, the fighting cocks. <laughs> yeah, you are. I don't know what that means. So um yeah, I'm down to help anybody or at least encourage people to try, you know, because it's it's certainly benefited me and it, it, it's, it's a game changer, you know, it's just a game changer. And I feel like you feel you know, free, even, don't you? Um, every day, every day I think about it, I feel free. Um, it, it's one of those things too, where I didn't realize how much space that took in my brain until it was kind of taken care of. And for, to, to inspire or give anyone hope out there, I didn't do it perfectly. I didn't fill out the forms perfectly. I, I think be, based on the old, the older like stipulations, I didn't fully qualify for all of the forgiveness, but then something changed and I did. So I fumbled it, right? I, it was like a fumble ruski that ended up being a touchdown. It's not like I was skilled enough to figure it out. It's like I fumbled my way to the end zone there which is par for the course. Same. <laughs> you know, right. So do whatever you can look it up and see if you're eligible. If there's any, any form, any hoop, you got to jump through, do it. Cause they're kind of burying the lead on how much they're forgiving. And it's pretty amazing. So just putting that out there. So, uh, you did a fun thing. Yeah, dude. So the reason we didn't record on Sunday was that I was in the Twin Cities. Saturday night, I got to see my favorite band, Pearl Jam, play at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul, Minnesota, um, with Kirsten. Uh, What'd she their... sing? 
<laughs> she she opened up. She sang really well. She she I mean she kind of they they made the mistake of having her as the opener because she kind of you know outshined everybody. Right, right. Uh, nice. No, it was actually great to take Kirsten along because I was really not wanting to be on my phone a lot during the show, and she oh. loves to take photos. So I, oh, it was well right. documented, and I didn't really have to bring right. my phone. Oh man, there's uh, a there's a TikTok documentary right there, Joel at Pearl Jam. Man, I, I I guess what I'll say is that, uh, well, first off, it was one of the best. It was probably the best uh, sounding show of theirs I've ever been to. It that room sounded good. Their sound system was on point. Um, and it's a big hockey hall, man. I mean, it's like right. this arena with like three tier. I mean, it's huge and it sounded perfect in there. Like when the opening band deep sea diver was playing, I was like, I nudged Kirsten. I'm like, we are in for a treat. If Pearl jam sounds this good, if the opening band sounds this good through this PA mm-hmm. Pearl jam is going to blow the doors off the place. And the mix was right. And it was just, I don't, I don't remember last year at in st louis sounding as good um it may have been my seats but i don't think so it was just it just sounded so i could hear all of the nuance of everybody i could hear jeff amont's bass really well and the shit he was doing it just sounded really fucking good um which was such a treat because i think when i saw them when we saw them at wrigley it didn't sound that great no it Um, did not but we were also underneath the overhang yeah, there was that's why some interference there of the sound. Yeah. Wrigley uh, is not built for sound. It's not built for cons. I mean, I don't really <laughs> want to see a concert there. Yeah, you know. Uh, but you know, we got there early enough to get in the merch line and like talk to people and you know have the camaraderie. And it's like it's really it's it's a really cool fan base, you know, sure. like. It's a little different scene than the dead, obviously, but it's, there's people that are, it's just a room full of Pearl Pearl Jam nerds, you know, 25,000 Pearl Jam nerds. And they're all different, varying black t-shirts and shorts like me. Like, (laughs) you know, it was like, oh, these are my, you you were wearing, wearing the required uniform. I was wearing the required uniform. And, um, I, uh, you know, I will, and I've said it last time when we, when I was in St. Louis, but it was. You know, the second song, third song they played was their their song, Elderly Woman, uh, Behind the Counter in a Small Town, long title. And there's a line in there. It's like, um, you know, here you are and here I am, right? Like, and for me, a 42-year-old, 43, oh shit, 43-year-old individual who has been listening to this music for 30 plus years, and it's like, part of who i am it it gave me identity at such a young age like to be in the same room with those guys and it sounds so good and the vibe of the energy of the crowd was so up and they were feeding off of it it was just truly special and i was moved to tears and i just let my hair fucking flail around and um it was just a really really good show like and you know it's not lost on me that most of the people from that era of music are dead right you know like a lot of the heroes and the main people from the early 90s that rock and roll was like they're not around 
you know, Chris Cornell's dead. Kirk Cobain's dead. Scott Weiland's dead. Fucking Lane Staley's dead. I mean, all of those people are dead. And the right. fact that I still get to see the same dudes do the thing and them sound that good. And really mm-hmm. I'm watching them and they're having a ball. They're just enjoying right. the shit out of it. You know? Well, why wouldn't they be? Totally. Unless they like, unless they like hate each other and they're just doing it literally for the go out and slog out the hits and get the check and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. I don't think that's what's happening. I think there was a time for that. And they got really? through that. They got through that early on. I mean, I think they got, if you watch that PJ 20 documentary, yeah. there was a time where they were pretty pissed at Ed and he was kind of pissed sure. to be a rock star. And it was kind of like, yeah, yeah. You know, he, had, like, he had to come down from the clinging from the rafters. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He had to, he had to embrace. Well, so Kirsten said it, and this is what I, she said something like, She's like, I get the sense that there's a true balance of humility and and rock starness. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's not an over egotistical rock star god that is, you know, mm-hmm. being worshipped. He's truly, you know, uh, a humble energy, and mm-hmm. that bleeds out to the band members. And I yes. don't, I don't think they would let him be that. And I don't think. I think he keeps them soaring in a way, you know, it's like, yeah, I think there's definitely a dynamic there because he, I mean, nothing against the other guys, but like he makes Pearl jam. Yeah. Yep. And, but, but he would not be anything without them. No, he might have a solo career, but it would, you know, and he does, I mean, he does have a solo career and some of it is great. It wouldn't be selling out the Excel energy center. Not at all. No. Right. So, and I mean, I mean, it's not like that hasn't been done before either. <clears throat> Jerry Garcia band, you know. Right, right, right. But shit, I saw the Garcia band in the same place as I saw the dead, and they were big, you know. Yeah, they right. packed, but they were there, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, but like that's it's it's very cool that um like because that's the energy that I get from Ed. Because I'm not, I mean, I come to them late, you know, like 2013 late. Yeah. And, uh, but that's, uh, that, that energy is, um, palpable and attractive, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, Oh, wow. Like they really have something special here. And I think they know that. And I, yeah. and that's, that's the thing that I get from Ed is that, cause he is a rock star, you know, for sure. And, and he definitely needs to do, he needs to be the rock star. Yes. On stage. Like he needs to be a rock star on stage because mm-hmm. that's what he is. But he is aware that the chemistry that they have and the chemistry they have with the fan base is a really special thing. And it's, you know, it needs to be treated with respect and a certain amount of delicacy. And I think that it is really wonderful, especially in their later years to see that embrace, Mm -hmm. you know, to see the mutual. I mean, I think that, that, you know, if you really want to get into the inside baseball of, of Pearl Jam, it was like they have this album in 96 called No Code. And it was kind of like this. Th- there's no code. Right. That's a medical term. Do not mm-hmm. resuscitate. Right. They're right. like, We're going to put this weird shit out. We're going to throw some spaghetti at the wall. This right. is some shit we're into right now. We've got a new drummer. He's kind of experimental. We're going to try some weird shit. If it doesn't work, don't bring us back. We just have to do this. Right. And, and after that, you see a more collaborative band. Mm-hmm. And so 
I think that what you're seeing that mutual respect of, yeah, Ed's kind of got to be the focal point. Um, but you know, if you're just one light, it's not enough to fill the room. So right. he, he's, they've had to work with each other and have the band give more and write more. And he can't be the artistic czar of the band. And then, right. and, you know, so the, every album after that and every tour after that, I think has been this curation of that conversation between the members of the band and, and their fans and I've seen that blossom over time. And so it's like, you know, I know people that are like, yeah, after, after their second or third record, man, I just couldn't really get into it. I'm like, man, I'm sorry for you. Cause like, it's really amazing to walk with them all the way through all of that change. You know, that's like saying, I don't know. I stopped listening to dead after American beauty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you missed like, out on a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, so and I, you know, even from the back of the room, I could see them playing with each other. I could see them celebrating each other. I could see them playing off of each other. Um, and, and, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter where you sit in, in a Pearl Jam show you're in it, right? Like you're you're a part of it. And I, I don't know, I can't, it's maybe because I'm a super fanboy, but I don't think, I think what they're doing and maybe Kirsten said this too. She's like, you know, when we saw the Foo Fighters, it was a similar vibe. They're just really, a really good rock band. And I don't know that we're going to see it. Once those bands are done, I don't know that we're going to see the same, you know, the, the, my dog is really freaking out and wanting out of the room. Here I am being Steve with the dog, but you know what I mean? Like we're not going to, we're not going to see codependent. I was up for a callback. That's a good call. I'm Maven. She's really, she's done listening to me rant. Well, so that makes for a good segue into I watched uh, the Jimmy Fallon live thing of the Rolling Stones announcing their new single. I guess it was this week. I watched it last night. Mm -hmm. It was Mick Jagger and Ron Wood and Keith Richards on stage in London with Jimmy Fallon. And uh, I don't know. I mean, the new single is fine. It's fine. I haven't listened. It's to fine. It, so. Yeah, I mean, they're they're plugging the video, which has some actress in it that I'm supposed to know. I don't know who she is, and it's basically her writhing around in leather in a convertible around Los Angeles, like the Sunset Strip. I'm assuming, and we'll go driving by billboards where they have digitally um, taken uh, vintage video of the stones Mick Jagger and stuff from like the 70s mm-hmm. onto these billboards so they're it's kind of cool because they don't have to show their 80 old year old asses in the video they can show them when they were young and sexy right right you know right and then it's literally just her some guy driving this convertible on her right it looks like a fucking white snake video yeah I was gonna say this sounds like it's literally like, here I go scene. again on my own and man. she's like you know just partying with the 70s stones and i'm like i don't know i mean it's fine mm-hmm. it's definitely like the they the they ain't the cutting edge it's a trope you know yeah. but i mean but to your point they they created new music yeah yep they haven't put out an album in like 
it was like 16 years or something since their last studio. They're 80. It's a, uh, that that's so the thing. Like, I, if you, if you can, why wouldn't you? Yes. Right. And, and that's the thing that I think I would have, I would have scoffed at in my teenage years, mm-hmm. thinking about Pearl Jam being mid fifties, pushing 60, making new music. Yeah. But I have, I have matured with them. I got into an interesting, I mean, an actual interesting conversation with a random Pearl Jam fan on one of the uh, Facebook groups. And he was, he took some shots at their latest album and they were, I guess, warranted. But what I was saying was I appreciate them still making music and still trying different things. Like they're not, they're not trying to recreate their first three albums. They're right. They're, they're not maturing. doing what ACDC did for 40 years. No. And they, right. and, and that's the respect I have for those artists. Now they're an evolving later, uh, artistic concern, right? Some of their later albums, I wouldn't necessarily, there's some duds. I don't really love the album backspacer. There's some tracks I dig, but it wasn't my favorite. Right. Um, but yeah, it's like, I'm glad they're doing it. You know, I'm glad I get to see them. And I, I think the whole, the whole idea of, and the, you know, the, um, the reality of impermanence is reminding me that Mm. they're not always going to be able to, you know, I'm not always going to be able to go see a Pearl Jam show. That may be the last Pearl Jam show I go see. Maybe. I hope it's not. Right. But. Well, like that, the band the cult you know i talked about them last year a little bit right yeah a couple times their latest album's pretty good right i mean it's not breaking any new ground but it's not boring either you know it's not embarrassing right like it actually like it's got some tracks on it like that was awesome it's a great hard rock band and they're not trying to do you know she sells sanctuary sanctuary no 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 i mean it's all i mean they've always kind of been quick to adopt adapt to the changing styles but Mm kind of keeping it culty you know (laughs) i guess uh but after seeing them live because i saw them open for god i can't believe i'm gonna say this i saw them open for metallica in 1989 whether would that been injustice for all yeah yeah. Uh that's nice and uh i knew them i knew like electric and a couple and the she sells sanctuary and uh you know, and it was frankly underwhelming because they were playing in a 22,000 seat hockey arena. They were the opening yeah. band. Nobody gave a shit about the cult, including the right. sound people. You know, yeah, it just wasn't great. Yeah. And I was like, well, whatever. And then I hadn't seen him until two, what, a year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. 30 years later, plus, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's, I mean, they're 60. And it was great. They were great. Ian Asbury sounded great. Billy Duffy played, he did the guitar things, you know. And it was a great time. Like I walked out of that first time saying that was just an awesome rock concert. Yeah. It had yeah. a couple quasi spiritual moments, you know, yeah. yeah, it wasn't all just, you know, cock rock or whatever, you know, it was great. And, and, cha- and bulges and chaps and sparklers. Right. But like every, like <laughs> almost every song they played, I'm like, Oh yeah, I like this song, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, and the that's point, the, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I look at like people like well, BB King was a good example. Yeah. Willie Nelson still, you know, like yeah. there's no uh, precedent set for rock and roll. Yeah, 
yeah. witness the dead and company shows we just saw you know yeah and it's yeah it's um yeah i'm just moved and and grateful that i still get to see my favorite band play the music and i don't i don't think that i'm such a homer that i'm blind to the reality of them aging you know what i mean like i don't think they're like you know i think that I think that you're an honest enough friend. Like when you saw them in Lincoln, you would have said, yeah, they were phoning it in, dude. No, no, they did not phone that show in. You know what I mean? And that it was, was great. That was almost fucking 10 years ago. It was nine. Not phoning it in. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. That was not a lip sync, the greatest hits type of situation. No, that was not was guns and roses. Legitimate yeah. Rock situation. Yes. And I, I don't know, the Frank Zappa and me just went, there's no such thing as a legitimate rock situation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is a bit of a show, right? Like, Ed yeah, does yeah. things, he jumps around, he, he you know, uh, they, they played a song to the back like they always do. Like, uh, they, there's some things they do. Uh, things that are expected. Yeah, they did. The, they, yeah, they, they, wear, they wore the required uniform. They wore, exactly. But they I'll wore, never forget, I think about this, quote kind of often it's not really exactly a quote but when i was a kid and billy joel was having another moment in the sun it was with um when he was dating christy brinkley mm -hmm. uptown girl and all that whatever the hell that album was i can't remember right now but he was on tour and you know every sunday night we watched 60 minutes because there were three channels right. so you know um and one of the 60 minutes guys was interviewing billy joel when he was uh I think they filmed it around the same time he was playing Madison Square Garden. And he asked him, it might have been morally safer. I don't know, whatever. I'm, of course, riveted to the television, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and somebody asked, the 60 Minutes guy asked him, like, well, so how, you know, at your advanced age, which is laughable, you know. Yeah. Like, how what do was you, he, 40, like, maybe? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, do, how do you come up with the energy you know to to do you're still doing some of the things because he's a showman you know mm -hmm. playing on top of the piano and all that kind of stuff and and he just he said well people are coming to see billy joel mm. hmm. so i'm gonna give him billy joel that's a great answer yeah like, like exactly that's what i thought that hit me even then like oh right like he he's gonna do whatever he can to give people their money's worth yeah mm -hmm. yeah like and I, that will change as the decades roll on because uh, 10 years ago he was coming out and saying hi i'm billy joel's father <laughs> you know yeah Laugh, ha -ha, right you know right and then launches into the piano intro for angry young man which is still something you know yeah i think that's i think that's what i sensed at the pearl jam show was that they're not yeah, they're not swinging from the rafters and rift, risking their lives, right? Like no. they, their ankles can't take that, right? Like he can't jump right. around like he, he can't, he can't, right. like he can't pound a hole through the stage with his mic stand and then crawl through it to end the show anymore. Like he, nope. you know what I mean? <laughs> they can't destroy the drum set, right? But they're like, we're gonna go be us now, and that's what I felt with their with their most recent album gigaton that's what i felt with them is that they continue to be them and i have i have learned a great lesson of integrity at yep. least every 
every thing that I can see, right? Like I, there could be some New York times article tomorrow, canceling stone Gossard or Mike McCready or Eddie Vedder. God right. forbid. Yeah, right? yeah. But everything that I've seen is them continuing to be them mm-hmm. and continuing to do the things they're interested in. And also mm-hmm. when you come see them, they're going to, they want to give you Pearl jam, right? Yep. They want to give you that sense of rock and roll to the best of their ability, whatever age they're at. Word. And it's fucking, I'm super fucking grateful. And that St. Paul night two show was special. It was interesting. They played songs they hadn't played in, you know, six, seven years. And, 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 you know, it's like one thing that I appreciate about them is that they, they switch up the set list. Although I've noticed on this tour, there's a few repeats more than normal, um, which is Happens fine to the best of them. I know it's like, they know they can kill that song and then people are going to sing along and they want to see it. Fuck it. You know, like, you know, so I'm, I'm very grateful. I actually, uh, a friend of mine from, from undergrad, she uh, saw them night one in Chicago. They're playing the second night tonight and her husband is a big fan, but she's never seen them. And so she went and she it's like, she, (laughs) she said, why the fuck have I not seen them before? Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, they play Chicago every tour. They don't miss Chicago. Like, right. Why the you, you you've been blowing it? I'm glad you saw right, them, right. but yeah. So yeah. I I yeah forgive the fanboying, but I if you get a chance to see them, anybody listening, spend the money. It's quite special to see that era of a band continue to do what they do and and fucking nail it. You know, um, it's yeah. I I was pleasantly pleasantly um not surprised i wasn't sur- i guess i don't you, know maybe i was did you have surprised. a nice time i had a good time steve let's see that's wonderful yeah it was really really great mm-hmm. and i'm glad i went and i'm glad i you know put the miles on the car and spent the money to go up there and it was worth every penny no regrets no regrets no regrets no rag rats rag rats mm-hmm yeah, I was, um, I went and played some music. And yeah, I'm well, play some music. Um, you played some music, and you're going to play some music. Yeah, Exile on O Street's playing a broke down palace after the Colorado game in Omaha this Saturday, oh, and shit. they're gonna have a water slide in the parking lot apparently. So everybody should come out. It's a luau. They're gonna they're gonna roast a pig. I know you're not interested in that, but uh, for those of you that are, broke down palace at like 80th and Maple Omaha, they're having a luau. It'll probably be the a, water slide. Yeah, well, yeah, like a big inflatable water, like a 20 foot high inflatable water slide situation. So do you come in your suit? Is that- I, I think you can come as you are. Okay. It's Broke Down Palace. Oh, you haven't even I mean, been I, there yet. I've never been there. It's pretty funky. It's a good time. Um, yeah. And uh, so we're playing after the game. And then this last Tuesday uh, was the Bluegrass Jam thing again. Yeah, and uh, that is has moved to from Duffy's to Rosie's downtown at nice. what is it ninth and tenth and P, mm-hmm. whatever right by the Haymarket. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it was awesome, man. Uh, cool place. They treated us real nice, and uh, it's just the it's just a really swell bunch of folks. <laughs> it really is, though. I mean, yeah. everybody's there just to play, and uh, it was kind of a little bit different dynamic because they're like people around eating dinner you know yeah. <laughs> we weren't 
there to because we're not like a band it's not a band we're not there to entertain anybody or to put on any kind of show beyond to entertain ourselves which is kind of like what we're doing here <laughs> that's really cool though and that's just going to be kind of my question like there's no there's no there's not an intention for this to become something other than nope. what it is nope. than just people just to coming get, together to get together and how it works is you sit in a circle and you go around the circle and the next person in line calls the tune and they should probably be able to lead the tune a little bit, you know, yeah. and uh, you just throw out the chords, what key it's in and count it off and go. That's and really cool. Then That's you just really pass cool. around, the, you just pass around the solos and everybody that wants to can take a solo or you can pass. Some people always pass. Some people always do, you know, and there's varying skill levels. I mean, you have to be able to follow a, you know, one, four, five chord progression, basically, you know, sure, sure. Um, it's not complicated music. Um, uh, the chord <laughs> structure isn't complicated. Yeah. Usually inside of that, there can be some really sophisticated playing. Right. Um, so it's really, it's a really excellent, it's just a really open and welcoming, um, situation. Mm-hmm. Like if you're there to play, you're in, you know? Yeah. It, I, it, there is an element of like, no when to not play. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. right. but that's part of the lesson you know like learning how to listen and learn learning how to not step on people's toes and learning how when i get your turn don't be shy yeah say right. what you gotta say you yeah. know and if you don't have anything to say pass don't force it yeah i mean but but don't be no, scared there's no um penalty for not playing a solo you know yeah. it's not now yeah. pass right yeah and then the next person just picks it up what what songs did you bring? I played um, "Big River" by Johnny Cash mm-hmm. and uh, "Jackaro." Nice. All of the Grateful Dead. Yeah, uh, "Big yeah. River" was easy, and everybody knew it. "Jackaro" not so much. It took like it was too. It was too many chords. Yeah, and too many yeah. words, and it was kind of a. I thanked everybody for indulging me afterwards because <laughs> it was, you know, yeah. The three, the two and three chord tunes go better usually. Sure. Sure. You know. Yeah. But there was one other deadhead in there, and he knew Jackaro, so he was happy, you know. Nice, nice. <laughs> you know. And, it, like, there was a guy that came that I didn't know, but he called out Shady Grove, which I'm like, oh, yeah, Shady Grove. It's great. Let's do it. But he was playing it in a different arrangement than everybody mm-hmm. knew it. Mm. And so it took a few minutes to get the – he actually, like, stopped and was like, are we going to do this? And this kind of league goes, well, you're you're leading it. Yeah, tell us how to do it. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but the, those those are the learning lessons, you know. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, the the moral of the story is it's just a gas, you know. Yeah, that's just the... show up with a guitar and play, you know. This guy Ash brings down a, a double bass, like a big, you know, full scale bass, which is just mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. that that elevates things a lot when that's yeah. happening. We got a couple banjos, mandolin, guitars, fiddle. I get the hoot nanny. It's great. I, I love that there's no like, we're just going to jam in a public space. You can witness it or not. Right. That's it's literally not, what it is. Yeah. Like there's, or you can play or not. What a cool thing. And Mike, Mike Simrad sort of started that, right? Yeah. It's his, Mike is kind of the ringleader of it. He couldn't make it this last Tuesday. I think he was sick or something. But yeah, it's uh, definitely Mike's uh, show, you know. Right. But I mean, it was great. I mean, it was cool that it carried on uh, in Mike's absence, 
you know, not that we didn't miss him, but it's like, oh, we can do this, you know. Yeah, right, right. So yeah, it was cool. Democrat and it's just it's just way. a general a ge uh just a cool bunch of people, you know. Mm -hmm. Meet people and kind of cross pollinate a little bit and there's one guy that we keep the other deadhead guy, he, you know, like, let's get together. Let's play some tunes. I'm like, man, I'd love to, um, sometime <laughs> it's just hard. And like, yeah, there's man. a couple that shows up. Um, and it was two weeks ago, I think, well, it was the night of, we were both going to a birthday party and, uh, and, uh, like half on the way to the birthday party, like, Hey, we're having a jam in our house tonight. You know, and everybody's welcome. Mm -hmm. like, oh man that'd be awesome then i like we get home and it's 9 45 and it's like all the way back across town I'm like i'm not going anywhere <laughs> dude that is at this age in this economy no <laughs> man. come on true. man well I, I mean like i really need like more than three hours notice yeah you know yeah one of these days i'll go over there i'm sure it was a blast yeah man you're trying to do some stuff after 8 p.m come on get it Come on. Like I have to I have to prepare for that. What are you 23? Exactly. Yeah. No. I've got to take I've got to watch but my I... stories and I've got to take my <laughs> melatonin right. and then I've got to go to sleep. Right. Yeah. I am going to I think I'm going to sign up for no I am going to at Blue Raven Studios. I met uh Matt Richardson who we should get on here cuz he's a cool okay. guy. Okay. Runs Blue Raven with his wife and uh they're really cool people, but they have a there's like a how to bluegrass jam thing that they're doing on Sundays for a month, starting in October. I want to do that. Oh, cool. Go there kind for four hours on what's that? Like a how to, this is, yeah. this is how this goes. They give you a songbook, And I mean, I have a feeling I'll probably be one of the more advanced players there, but that's, you know, but I'll be good though. That's what I'm saying. Like, I want to learn more about bluegrass. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. get more into the that songbook because I really think that's where the action's at. Out of all the music that I've played, the action's in bluegrass. Mm -hmm. uh, mm. Case in point, Billy Strings. Right, right. You the know. ability. Well, it's like it's <laughs> Appalachian jazz, right? I mean, it's it like, is. It's one hundred percent Appalachian I mean? jazz. But the beauty of it is, is like I was saying a minute ago, most of the songs are pretty simple. But you can play uh, till the end of music, you yeah, know, right. all of the technique and all of the styles and the ideas and the modalities. And it's just never ending. And yeah. uh, it can be also very complicated music. Witness uh, Bela Fleck. Right. And, and also Billy Strings. I mean, like the it goes from like really simple one banjo guy sitting on a porch in Appalachia waiting for Burt Reynolds to come along to, uh, sorry, to uh, Billy Fleck and, and Billy Strings, you know, yeah, yeah. and yeah. all points in between. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's cool, dude. That's, that's, I I, that's, that's my North time. Star right now. Like, I, I can that. see, I can see how Jerry Garcia got hooked on bluegrass. Right. He got hooked because early, really, right? Like, he was oh, yeah. a banjo player. Like, that was his deal. Yeah, bluegrass. Mm-hmm. But he's, fr I, I mean, he's from the Bay Area, right? It's not like. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, and it's not that. I, mean, I love that Barbara Meyer and that that documentary. She's like, she's like, well, why did you and Jerry break up? And she's like. After you've been to so many jug band shows, 
you just I had to go do something else. You yeah, know, no, and Jerry's like, okay, bye. And he's got yeah. his banjo, you know. <laughs> like I'm I only... get that now though. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's 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 what I'm digging right now. Nice. I gotta witness this at some point. I do. Yeah, it's cool. First first Tuesday of every month now at Rosie's downtown, eight o'clock. Be there or be somewhere else. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh-huh. Well, did we did we do it? I think so. Yeah. I think we did it. My dog is getting to the end of its bone and I need to uh try to cajole it out of her jaws. She gets really, really pissy. So oh my gosh. Just tell her show her who the alpha dog is, Joel. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, we are <laughs> we are Parker Posey and her partner in Best in Show. We oh are gosh. busy bee. Get on busy bee. <laughs> it's not a bee, it's a Bee. It's a bear in a bee costume. <laughs> Big stupid manager person. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, we're yeah. She's our child. Cool. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Email us at ttbbpodcast at gmail dot com. Follow, follow us on Instagram us. at trying to be better podcast. Well done. Send Joel a bunch of money. Send Joel. All the money. All the money. Joel Dash Egger, Venmo. Yeah. We'll, 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 we will use that money to pay for the hosting costs. Maybe yes. even get some mugs going. We got to get, yeah, we need get some mugs. Yeah. I'm not kidding about the video thing, though. You need to think about it because I can do it. I can take Dude. what we're looking at right now and like record it. Oh, okay. What the hell is wrong such with a, this? I I'm so vain, man. I've got to, I've got to oh, be careful. God, get over yourself. People want to see our facial expressions. <laughs> Don't right, you? We could, we could try one. I'm down to try one. Whatever. We'll I'm try it. All right. Okay, fine. All right. All right. Later. Later.
Don't forget, toot your hooter.